Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. My name is Craig Crash Collins. I'm joined as always by Brandon Scott. You know him as B. Scott. Well, the high school, Indiana high school football postseason is in full swing. Uh, but before we get into, you know, who's going to be hoisting the trophy at Lucas Oil Stadium, we want to take a look back at the regular season, talk about who is the best quarterback. Who was the best running back? Who had the best defense in the regular season? It's time to mix it up and get into our all 3C media team for the regular season. We started the season off. We gave our preseason all 3C media team. um, And then the regular season happened. So we wanted to update that. And then, of course, we'll update it again uh, at the end of the uh, postseason as well. Um, So, yeah, talking some Indiana high school football. A sectional started off last week. Uh, Nothing too crazy happened at the top of the list, but we uh, at the top of the, you know, top 10 list. But uh, we know that that will change as tournament time wears on. Yeah, I mean, it's some of the best time of the year right now in the fall. Um, you know, you have the lower classes that have started already. You've got the higher class coming up this week. We're in sectional semifinals. I mean, we got some big matchups this week. Brownsburg versus Ben Davis right out of the gate. I mean, yeah. come on. That is, that's going to be an exciting matchup that honestly probably should have been reserved for a later round. But, hey, that's, that's, that's sec- high school sectional football for you. That's the second year in a row that that's happened, too, where they, they've faced off in the first round. And you also have, like, Bloomington South versus Bloomington North in the first round. That's number one versus number three uh, in that class. So, uh, you know, a lot of wild things going to happen for sure. Um, but, yeah, excited to uh, get into that conversation again. Of course, uh, today we're going to give you our all 3C media team as well as get into our state finals picks, which uh, the – the state finals picks aren't going to change a lot for us, or at least not for me, but I know uh, our all 3C media team is going to have a little bit of a facelift today. Oh, yeah. I, I, let's, I can't wait to crown this team. Let's do uh, this. So um, uh, just kind of a, to recap here, sectionals got underway last week. Eight of the top ten, uh, AP top ten and 1A are still alive. Number two, Adams Central uh, beat South Adams, uh, the tenth team in 1A, 42 to six. Eight of the AP top ten in 2A are still alive. Number eight, Bluffton beat number six Alexandria, 26 to 14. Eight of the AP top ten in 3A are still alive. Number one, Chatard over number three, Tippecanoe Valley, uh, they won uh, 40 to seven. Nine of the top ten in uh, 4A are still alive. Um, five and six A get going this weekend, so a lot of good football underway. We'll give our state final predictions uh, at the end of uh, the All Three C Media Team uh, show here. But uh, in case you missed it, this is our All Three C Media Team from the preseason. Uh, basically, I did a little bit. Uh, I changed it up from last year. Last year, I did it where we wanted to do where I kind of wanted to go position by position this year. I kind of made it like a fantasy football team. We're doing something a little bit different here at 3C Media where I have a quarterback. I've got two running backs. I've got three wide receivers. I got a tight end. No flex. That would be a little bit too uh, weird to do. Um, We got a defense. We got a kicker. And we've got a returner uh, on the team. Um, So that's what uh, we're going to do. And basically, I'm going to give a list of candidates uh, who uh, you know give their stats, and then B-, B Scott and I are going to mix it up, talk who we think deserves to be in that spot, uh, and then uh, we're going to try to come. We're going to come to a consensus, and those will be our all three C media teams. So, um, looking at what it was in the preseason, our quarterback was Jackson Willis, the junior out of Lutheran. 
All right, running back, we had a uh, senior from East Central, Josh Ringer. We had a senior from Paoli, Trey Rominger. Our three wide receivers, we had TJ Caldwell from Caltech. Uh, Cal he actually is at Hobart now. Mylon Graham, uh, the senior out of New Haven. Bronte Johnson, the senior out of Fort Wayne North. Our tight end was Aiden Steinfeld out of Bloomington North. He's a senior. Our defense was Carroll of Fort Wayne. Our kicker was Dominic DeFreitas, a uh, junior out of Northwood. Uh, and then our returner was Keegan Bulls, a uh, senior out of Rushville. So uh, we're going to get going hot here. We're going to get into our quarterback candidates uh, for the regular season, all 3C media team. Uh, and here's uh, our candidates. We've got Jackson Willis, junior out of Lutheran. Of course, uh, everybody who was on the team, I are originally I'm going to go ahead and give them a chance to defend um, you know, their mark from the preseason. Jackson Willis this season, complete, he's completing 69% of his passes for 1,634 yards, 24 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's got five games of 200-plus uh, yards, zero games of 300-plus yards. Six. He's got a six-touchdown game, a four-touchdown game, three games with three touchdowns. He's 42nd in the state in passing yards. That is a uh, far cry from where he was a year ago. So the fact that they're still undefeated and still primed to make a run in the, in the uh, state finals is a testament to, you know, just the different things that Dave Pash's club can do to beat you. Um, the Saints are uh, the 10th best offense in the state, uh, averaging 44 points per game. Uh, and uh, he uh, and uh, Jackson Willis, uh, or sorry, and uh, the Saints are seventh in 1A. Uh, you've got Brett Perry, senior out of Seymour. Uh, he's completing 72% of his passes uh, for 2,900 yards, 35 touchdowns, four interceptions. He leads Indiana in yards and touchdowns, only one game under 300 yards passing this season. He's got three 300-plus yard uh, games. He's got four games of 400-plus yards. He has three-plus touchdowns in every game, six games of four touchdowns or more, five games with five touchdown passes, and the Owls average 40 points per game, which is 30th in the state, second in 5A. You then, you then have Jay Stuckey, senior out of Triton Central. He's completing 72% of his passes for 2,167 yards, 25 touchdowns, two picks. He's eighth in the state in passing yards. Uh, he's got the top QB rating among Indiana's top 15 in passing yards. He's second best. He's got the second best rating among the top 50. He's got three games of 200 plus, two games of 300 plus, one game with 500 yards. Uh, no games with fewer than two touchdowns. He's got three games with three plus touchdowns. Two games with five touchdowns. Uh, the Triton Central Tigers are 33rd in the state in offense, uh, seventh in 2A. And then finally, I've got Tyler Cherry here, senior out of Center Grove. Uh, he is the top passer um, in 6A. He's completing 75% of his passes for 2,115 yards, 22 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's 11th in Indiana in passing yards, first uh, in passing yards in 6A, only quarterback in the class above 2,000 yards. He has six games of 200-plus passing yards, threw for 340 uh, in cathedrals uh, uh, in the season finale versus Cathedral. He's got five games with three or more touchdowns, two games with four touchdowns. The Trojans are the sixth best offense in 6a averaging 34 points per game so uh first things first sorry jackson willis you've been you were our pull to pull guy last year uh, i don't think he defends his title with being outside the top 40 and passing yards and not having his i mean because i think what did, didn't he have like i want to say he had like not he didn't have 5,000 yards how many yards did he have he had like i think he had like 
way more touchdowns, way more yardage, way more yards last year. Um, so there's just other guys on this list that are a little bit more uh, where their stats jump off the page a little bit more. Where I'm between, and I want to hear what you well, obviously I want to hear what you have to say, B Scott, but I want to like know where you 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 land on this. I'm I'm between Brett Perry out of Seymour. He leads the state in passing. He's got 30 plus touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, he's just been absolutely lighting it up. You know, we last year kind of the thing that made me hesitant to go to Willis as often as I did was the fact that oh he plays at one A, but Lutherans basically you know they play a two A three A type schedule. Um, but you know hey with him being at one A, you know how how do we you know interpret those numbers? I mean Brett Perry's doing it at five A, so one of the higher classes. In the state, he's putting up, you know, he's almost got 3,000 yards. He's way ahead of everyone else in yardage and touchdowns. He's only thrown four picks. He's really taking care of the football. He's on an offense that is in the top 30 in the state. Um, so I, I, I like the numbers that he's put up. But where Tyler Cherry is, the fact that, you know, he's a leader in 6A, he's completing 75% of his passes. And remember, I mean, this is a center grove team that went outside of the state. As far as you know, scheduling all these teams that are top ranked in Ohio, Kentucky, Illinois, uh, so they went out and performed against those opponents, and he's gone out and put up those kind of numbers, just outside the top ten, um, and he's the top in six A with all the other guys that you know we've talked about. You know, Guskowski from Ben Davis. We've talked about several of the quarterbacks in six A. Tyler Cherry has been playing outstanding football. You know, he's got. 22 touchdowns, which is far less than what, uh, you know, Perry has, but he also just only has two picks. So what Tyler Cherry has done has been really exciting to watch. Yeah, I'm right there with you between Brett Perry and Tyler Cherry. Um, for me, what kind of gives leans me a little bit more towards Tyler Cherry is, like you mentioned, the fact that they played a more of a national schedule. They played some really, really tough national opponents. Um, and then to also play some of the best teams in 6A consistently, whether it be Cathedral or Carmel or so on, it, it, it's really hard to pick against him. And, then, you know, you don't want to take anything away from Brett Perry, who's put up phenomenal numbers. I mean, just outstanding. But when you look at – when you compare what the opponents are, I, I, have to, I have to go with Tyler Cherry on this just because also, look – We've known Cathedral in the past to be a running program. They've had some really good running backs come through there. Girl. Yeah, center group. Yeah. That's what I mean. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, it's for him to be able to step into center Grove and put up those kinds of passing numbers um, says a lot. And then to be able to do it against some national powerhouses as well gives him the advantage for me. Yeah, I I don't know if this is fair or not, but part of me like because I think I'm gonna I think I personally want to go Brett Perry just because of his numbers, but I almost want to put him there too, and because of the fact that I think Tyler Cherry will go further in the tournament because I think Seymour is closer to 500. I think they're like six and four. Um, so I think they were five and four in the regular season, and then they won their uh first. No, they haven't played yet, so they they're they're like. Five and four, six and three. I can't remember, but you know they um like that. I don't know that they're gonna have as deep of a postseason run as Center Grove. 
So I almost want to say Brett Perry and then see where the numbers are at the end of the season. I know that's probably not the best way to go about this exercise, but I kind of want to go Perry and then see where Tyler Cherry's numbers are at the end of the season just to see. I mean, because Perry does have 700 more yards, 14 more touchdowns, which I do really like um, and has more, you know, the numbers pop a little bit more than Cherry's do. Uh, than cherries do but at the same time you know by the end of the year they might be a little closer so i don't know if that's more of a hey go with tyler cherry and then if the numbers are still good for perry then switch back to uh, to him i don't know but but that's kind of where i'm at i know like i said i know it's kind of an unfair thing to do but i kind of want to go perry and then see where cherry is at the end of the year yeah i mean i see what you're where you're going at i mean it is really hard to discount the numbers that brett perry has put up and it's just something you those kinds of numbers one you just don't see that too often in the state of indiana um but just in high school in general but what just deters me from him is that team record i mean obviously he doesn't control the defense and any of that he i mean he can only control what he's able to control in the offense right yeah I mean, when I'm looking at just the regular season, I'm not looking ahead. I'm not looking back to before the season. When I look at just the regular season, yeah, Brett Perry has really, really stood out. And when you look at it from a perspective of, you know, you're only playing who's in front of you. You you don't, if I don't take into account yeah, Center Grove played some national played on a national level. Well, you know, Seymour as a whole isn't a program that can play on the national level like Center Grove can. So if I take that out of my thinking and I look at just say, hey, you know what? Each of these quarterbacks played the team that was on their schedule. And Brett Perry was able to just light up the scoreboard this year i mean has proven himself to to be statistically the best quarterback in the state of indiana yeah i okay i i have to i have to go with brett perry because those numbers are just outstanding one one final thing because i mean yeah the numbers are a little bit um, and I mean, like I said, I think it might, I don't know who it's un, more unfair to, to be like, well, one's going to go further potentially in the tournament than the other one. Um, but does it move the needle at all for you that Cherry is the only quarterback, only quarterback in 6A that has thrown for 2,000 yards? So no other quarterback has done what he's done at the cl- highest class. No, because when you look at some of the 6A programs, they have stud running backs. Brownsburg is a really good running team. Westfield's a really good running team. Lawrence North's a really good running team. Carmel's a good, solid defensive team that's kind of so-so on offense. So, no. And also, a lot of schools right now are playing younger guys at quarterback in 6A. Um, I mean, not, I mean, some of them aren't younger, but some of them are starters for the first time. Um so when I when I based off of what I look at what the other programs in 6A are doing, I guess the only one that I can compare him up to that has the weapons around him, that has the 
the quarterback, you know, as an experienced quarterback is Danny O'Neill at Cathedral. And Tyler Cherry had he outdueled him. So you know, Brett Perry was just consistent with it. And when you look at the rest of 6A, the quarterback play has was was good, but it wasn't, you know, but at the same I mean, you just gotta look at the state rank ranking for Brett Perry. Numbers don't lie. Yep. Okay, yeah, I think so we, we landed on Brett Perry for the quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good place to land on. Um, uh, both him and Cherry have 70 plus, uh, percent completion. Uh, but Perry has 700 more yards, 14 more touchdowns. And they, he plays, I mean, you know, he's at five, a Cherry's at six, a, so I think that's a good choice. We'll see where they end up. I think those are two good candidates to watch going through the rest of the postseason. So our quarterback, congratulations, Brett Perry. You are our all three C media quarterback for the regular season. Um, looking at our running backs, um, we've got Josh Ringer, senior out of East Central. Um, we've got Trey Romager, senior out of Paoli. Those were our two at the beginning uh, of the year. Uh, Garrett Sherrill, senior out of Brownsburg. Daryl Taylor, out of Crispus Attics. He's a sophomore. Uh, Sawyer uh, Guillaume, uh, senior out of Perry Central. Those are our candidates at the running back position. Um, First things first, I think I, I you know I don't know that I'm moving Josh Ringer out of his spot. Um, 146 carries, 1685 yards, 33 touchdowns. He's sixth in the state in rushing yards, 12 yards per carry, 187 yards per game, highest among rushers with uh, uh he's got the highest yards per carry of rushers with over 1500 yards. He rushed for 100 plus games or 100 plus yards in every game. Uh, this season, three games with 200-plus uh, yards. Uh, he leads the state in touchdowns with 36. He's also got three through the air uh, that he's caught. Um, he's got two-plus rushing touchdowns in every game this season, eight games with three-plus touchdowns, four games with four-plus touchdowns, three games with five touchdowns. Uh, East, he's also East Central's all-time leader in rush TDs. Um, so Josh Ringer, for me, any 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 uh, disputing that? He's, our, he's got to yep. be on this team? Okay. He is. He's staying put. Okay, so Josh Ringer is our RB1, but who is going to be RB2? Um, I mean, hats off uh, to what Trey Romager has done. He's put up 1,837 yards, 25 touchdowns. He's fourth in the state in rushing. Uh, but where I'm leaning is um, is Garrett Sherrill, the senior out of Brownsburg. I really yeah. like what he's done. 212 carries, 1,919 yards, 22 touchdowns. Uh we're going by the regular season. After the first round of the postseason, he's no longer the state leader in rushing yards, but he was the regular season uh, rushing champ with those 1,919 yards. Uh, nine yards per carry, 213 yards per game, 100 yards or more rushing in all nine games, three games of 200-plus yards, a uh, 340-yard effort versus Zionsville, seven multi-touchdown games, four games with three-plus touchdowns, four touchdowns in, an, in that aforementioned Zionsville game. Uh, where he got 340 yards as well. I mean, what Daryl Taylor, who's the new leader after the first round um, uh, of the uh, of tournament play, uh, you know, he's got 1,496, or sorry, he's got 1,905 yards, 20 touchdowns through the regular season, second in the state at the time at, through the regular season. Uh, you know, he averaged 212 yards per game, 10 yards per carry. Um, but 
Uh, you know, uh, Sawyer Guillaume out of Perry Central, uh, 1,496 yards, 25 touchdowns. Uh, you know, he has multi-touchdowns in every game this season. He's the fifth, uh, in the, he's fifth in the state in total touchdowns, all of which are running. So that's, you know, a lot of rushing touchdowns by him. But just what Garrett Sherrill has been able to do running the football, um, you know, I know that uh, Trey Rominger's done a lot of good things, but the fact that Garrett is doing it at the highest level, he's really taken over. Because, I mean, he was a good running back last year. He's really taken that you know step up. He's really been a focal point for a Brownsburg team that I thought was going to regress because of the fact that they lost their quarterback from last year. I thought that it was there was going to be a, you know maybe some growing pains. Anytime you lose your quarterback, I'm just not going to be super high on you the following year because there's always that question mark of who is the next guy behind you and how is they how is he going to step up. And Garrett, the offense has gone through Garrett Sherrill, and so far, I mean, they're an offense that has got Brownsburg to an undefeated record and um and you know number one in six a so garrett sherrill's done a lot of great things he's he's my rb2 yeah he he's mine as well i mean every time he steps out on that field he's a threat to take it all the way i mean he's he's like a wrecking ball out there um the, the defenses he's put these numbers up against week after week it, it's solid defenses he's facing and i mean Heck, when we look at Brownsburg, like I just said it, yeah, Brownsburg, they're not a passing team. They are a running team, and it's because of him. So there's no disputing it. He's he's RB2 for me. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the offense, the uh, the defenses that they're facing too because, um, you know, it's not, you know, it, they're facing, you know, Fishers, who I think has a pretty solid defense, if I remember looking at the stats correctly. I mean, he's faced the, you know, the cathedrals of the world and, and- – southeastern yeah westfield right so like he's gone up against solid defenses and still been able to put up the numbers that he's put up so garrett shale and josh ringer are two running backs um for the all three c media team through the regular season the position that's probably getting the most the, the biggest facelift uh is wide receiver um, through the regular season, uh, or before it was uh, tj caldwell mylon graham and bronte johnson um, this is the tough part about max preps is because you can, you know, you, you like to think that these guys have had better seasons than what you kind of research and find out. But like, for instance, Bronte Johnson, according to max preps, he's logged time as a passer, a runner, a runner, a receiver, and they just have one game for him logged as a wide receiver. So I'm assuming he's been more of a focal point in the offense than that, but that's all that's on max preps, which is kind of a bummer. Or it could be he's injured. Yeah, that's also true. So, um, so hopefully... You know, I, I like to think that he was, you know, that there was more of a contribution there. So we'll, you know, we'll see. But, um, you know, Miley Graham, three, 34 catches, 496 yards, six touchdowns. I don't know that that really moves the needle for me. And this isn't just going to be like, let's rip on the guys that were our preseason. Like, that's not what I'm, we're trying to do. Just being like, hey, those were the guys that were at the beginning of the year. And, and, and it just hasn't gone maybe the way that they had envisioned. Um TJ Caldwell, I mean, he's kind of close uh, to what we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the year, 773 yards, 13 touchdowns. He's 22nd in receiving yards. He's had a touchdown in eight of nine games this season and three multi-touchdown games, so that's worth a mention. Uh, but some of our other uh, candidates here, uh, Fuddy Kyle Jr. out of uh, McConaughey, he's got 63 catches for 113 yards and 13 touchdowns. Noah, Noah Coy Sr. out of Center Grove, 65 catches, 978 yards, 13 touchdowns. 
Uh, Corbin Cooley, senior out of Benton Central, 74 catches, 931 yards, um, eight touchdowns. Uh, and Isaac Kaiser, junior out of Floyd Central, 41 catches, 912 yards, and 13 touchdowns. No Eugene Hilton? Who's that? No Eugene Hilton? No Eugene Hilton. At least I, I don't I think I don't know that uh I don't know that Zionsville puts their stats on Max Preps. I could be wrong. Someone will correct me down in the comments, I'm sure. Um, but because I've looked for I looked for him too, like in returners too, because doesn't he return kicks for for that I'm, I'm not hundred percent I because I thought he did. I, or at least last year when I was doing this exercise, I looked for it. I'm pretty sure I don't know if they just don't update him or maybe I'm just looking in the wrong place. But yeah, no UG Hilton on the list for me. I mean, unless there's some stats that I'm missing on him. Um, but I think my three, because that's what we're doing here. we got to select three wide receivers. I've got Noah Coy, uh, what he's been able to do. Uh, 15, he's got, you know, he's averaging 15 yards per catch, 109 yards per game. Uh, you know, obviously a great target for Tyler Cherry. Uh, third in the state in receiving yards. He leads 6A in that category. Um, he's got six games with 100 plus yards, seven games with a touchdown scored. Um, he had a three touchdown game in the th season finale versus Cathedral, so he's been putting up some great numbers. Um, I like what Corbin Cooley's been doing uh, out of Benton Central. Uh, you know, he leads the Indiana in receptions. He's got five games with 10 plus receptions. Um, he's sixth in the state in receiving yards, 13 yards per catch, uh, six games with 100 plus yards. Um, and two games with uh, two touchdowns. He's got six games where he has scored a touchdown. Um, and then Funny Kyle, what he's been able – first of all, what a name. Um, and what he's been able to Happy do – Happy 3C Media all-name team. Right, exactly. He at least makes the cut there. Um, you know, he's the leader in yards per game in the state uh, with 126 yards per game, uh, two games with 10-plus catches, leads the state in receiving yards. He's got four games with 100-plus yards, two games with 200-plus yards, seven games with a touchdown scored. He's got a – Four touchdown game versus Lewis Cass. Two games with three plus touchdowns. So I think my three are Fuddy Kyle, Noah Coy, and uh, Isaac Kaiser. Yeah, oh, sorry, I mean, not, not I, Isaac I, Kaiser. Corbin Cooley is what I mean. Corbin Cooley. Yeah, you know I can't argue against that list. I mean, Noah Coy. I mean, we've we just talked about what Tyler Cherry has done this year. Um, yeah, I, I mean. It's tough to go. It, those 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 guys are statistically the three best in the state. There's no arguing that. Um, so yeah, those I I agree. I agree 100 on those three. You know, I will say I am disappointed um, it, with in the stats from Mylon Graham. I, I expected a lot higher from him with the the hype surrounding him this season. Um, but you know, it's sometimes it's it's more about the scheme and everything and it is what it is but these three guys at wide receiver have really stood out those numbers are phenomenal and it, it i will say when we go, we're going looking back at the quarterback season it is exciting to see how high school football has is beginning to evolve here in indiana you know it used to be just run 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 and you know occasionally have a, a wobbly pass thrown but we're, we're starting to see really legit passing offenses, quarterbacks that are really putting spin on it. We're starting to see quarterbacks that are being taken at, at higher levels. And we're seeing uh, wide receivers in the, in the same light. So I, I'm really excited for the future because of what we're seeing, how, how high school football has evolved here in Indiana. 
Yeah, shout out real quick to TJ Caldwell. He did surpass 100 career catches this season. Uh, he did it with Caltech and Hobart uh, during his career. He was a pull-to-pull guy last year on the all-3C media team. So I want to shout him out. He did, he's done a good job this season. It's hard to tell on the whole Mylon Graham thing because, you know, on the one hand, you're like, okay, he's committed to Ohio State. There's no way they're not using him more, but you can only go with what, you, what they have on max preps and the stats that you have. So, again, maybe it's kind of the thing with Bronte where, like, maybe there's just something that we don't know you know, as far as maybe an injury or something like that. But um, so you can, you know, only can go with what you have. But yeah, Fuddy Kyle, leader in the state in yards per game, leader in in total yardage, uh, over 1,000, uh, over 1,100 yards. Then you've got Noah Coy, who's the best in 6A. And then you've got a guy in Corbin Cooley who all he does is catch passes. Five games with 10-plus receptions. <laughs> I mean, he has just been a monster for that Benton Central team. What's, what's funny is that, like, when you start seeing that kind of numbers, like the – go averaging like 10 catches a game and whatnot the opposing defenses know where it's going and they still can't prevent him from catching the ball that i mean that's great yeah it, it's wild what he's been able to do um you know i i like isaac kaiser's touchdown numbers too uh, he's got the highest yards per catch of, of any receiver in the top 50 uh for indiana he's a home run threat. yeah he's a home run threat but yeah i think I think going with the top receiver overall, the top receiver in 6A, and going with the guy that just all he does is catch passes, I think that's a good uh, you know mark for our top three uh, wide receivers in the state. So uh, congratulations, Noah Coy, Corbin Cooley, uh, and Fuddy Kyle. You are our all 3C media wide receivers for the regular season. I was very impressed with our tight end group because last year it was so tough to find tight ends because I mean, and granted it's, it's kind of like it is in, you know, I, I made this list kind of like fantasy football. It's kind of that way where unless you've got Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or Mark Andrews or, or this year, Sam Laporta, you're, you know, you're going to struggle to find, you know, consistency at that position, especially in Indiana high school football where, you know, more often than not, your tight end just blocks and all that kind of stuff. Maybe he catches a pass here and there. Um, but going well, in more often than not, these, these high school, what the guys that end up being tight ends in college are big bodied wide receivers in high school, or sometimes they're even offensive linemen that are more athletic and don't have the frame to put on the weight as an offensive lineman in college. So, yeah, you're right. It, it's tough. You don't see that many pass catching wide receivers. So, let's let's dive into them here. Yeah. So uh, for our tight ends. We've got Aiden Steinfeld, a senior from Bloomington North. Uh, he had 42 catches, 566 yards, seven uh, touchdowns. That's good enough for 60th in the state. Jalen Johnson, junior out of Seymour. Uh, he's 12th in Indiana in receiving yards, 44 catches, 847 yards, eight touchdowns. Chris Heron, junior out of Terre Haute, South Vigo, 49 catches, 663 yards, six touchdowns. He's 36th uh, in the state in receiving yards. Uh, and then Noah Dickinson, the uh, senior out of Centerville, 23 catches, 552 yards, seven touchdowns. <laughs> kind of, you know, a home run threat, 24 yards per catch. Uh, he's 70th in the state in receiving yards. Uh, there was another guy for um, Seymour uh, receiving the football, but uh, he all, was also listed as a wide receiver. He was listed as a wide receiver first, so I was like, well, we're going by true tight ends. You know, he might, you know, he may be lined up in some different places than where Jalen Johnson is. So let's just go ahead and go with one Seymour tight end and the one that's listed as only a tight end. Um, and for me, 
what Jalen Johnson's been able to do, I mean, these numbers, at least from looking at it in the in the you know, a couple of years that we've been, you know, really diving into high school football here. It's hard to argue with what Jalen Johnson has been able to do at that position. 44 catches, 847 yards, eight touchdowns, 19 yards per catch, 94 yards per game, one game with 10 catches. Uh, he's got four games with 100-plus yards. He had a 248-yard opening night against Greenwood. He scored in five games uh, this season, three games with two touchdowns. I mean, the man has just been unstoppable. Um, you know, I like what Chris Heron has done. I like what Noah Dickinson has done. Um, you know, he's, you know, you know, you've got Dickinson who scored in five games, who, you know, 24 yards per catch on the season. You've got Heron who, um, you know, he's got, you know, 14 yards per catch, 74 yards per game. He's scored in four games this season, but just as far as being consistent through the entire year, Jalen Johnson has just been unreal this year at tight end. So, I mean, we, we, we picked the uh, quarterback from Seymour, Brett Perry. We got to give him a target to that he's familiar with the throw to. So let's give him Jalen Johnson. Yeah. I mean, just you're reading off Jalen Johnson's numbers and it's just like, wow, that's, that's impressive. Um, obviously he was, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm going Jalen Johnson. There's, there's not much argument there. I mean, this out of all these tight ends, he basically leads all of them except for maybe yards per catch. Um, but I, I, what I would like to know, but obviously it's hard to find as a stat, but when you look at a tight end as well, I want to know how well he's blocking right? as well with, stats look like on that but obviously that's hard to come by um at the high school level so but from receiving a receiving perspective for the for the tight end position you can't go wrong with Jalen Johnson yeah really his only uh his only competition was the guy on his team that I I'm sorry the name escapes me but he's a, was a wide receiver and a tight end and so that's why I didn't include him but that was really his only competition I mean being in the top te- top 15 in receiving in the state and you got a lot of touch I mean his numbers are you know and maybe it's a testament to how Seymour runs their offense but like he's got wide receiver type numbers at the tight end position you don't see that very often um no. and so yeah he's he's a he's a I think a runaway uh for that position so that's our offense. Uh, we, we've got our offense down pat. Now let's take a look at the defenses, uh, the defensive candidates. You've got Carroll, Fort Wayne. They're fourth and 6A in points allowed. They've allowed 15 points per game. Um, Evansville writes, they're second in 4A, uh, seventh in the state in points allowed, eight, allowing eight points per contest. Providence, the Pioneers, they're third in 1A, ninth in the state in points allowed uh, with nine points per game. Crown Point, who's the first in 6A, they're fourth in the state in points allowed, uh, allowing seven points. And then you've got Bishop Chittard, who's second in 3A, uh, tenth in the state in points allowed, allowing nine points per game. And <clears throat> when I look at the, this list, you know, when I included Wrights and Providence, um, I kind of wanted to pick two defenses where they had players on their team that were, like, in the top of – you know, the different statistical categories. You've got Levi Oxley, who had 11 sacks in the regular season. That's good enough for eighth in the state. Caleb Utley, who has seven sacks. He's in the top 50 in the state uh, in that category. For Providence, you have Griffin Tucker, who had 10 and a half sacks. That's ninth in the state. Um, Wyatt Small, four interceptions. That's in the top 50 in the state. So those are some defenses that not only put up the numbers, but also had some guys at the top of the list statistically that I looked at. But 
where I'm between, sorry, Carol, I would have loved to have you, but there's two defenses that are a little bit better, and that's Crown Point and Bishop Chittard. Uh Crown Point, like I said, first in 6A, fourth in the state in points allowed. They've had, they have two shutouts in the regular season, regular season, seven games allowing seven points or less. They've allowed 10 points uh, or more twice. They're 69th in schedule rank, which is the highest of any team in the top 10 defensively. Um, so they've played a tough schedule or a tougher schedule than some of the other teams on this list and who are, uh, and also other than some teams at the top of the, uh, at the list defensively in general. Um, so they've been really good. The uh, Bishop Chatard always has a really good defense. You know, they've, they've got only one shutout, but they have seven games allowing seven or fewer points. They allowed 20 plus in two games, but that's against uh, Cathedral. I can't remember who the other one was, but I know one of them is against Cathedral. What game they won 24 to 21. Um, and they're 58th in schedule rank. Um, so they also played, you know, a top, they have a, one of the top defenses in the state, um, you know, a top 10 defense in the state while also playing a top 60 schedule. That's pretty impressive to me. So to, to me, it's, it's between Bishop Chittard and Crown Point. Yeah. I mean, those clear, those two clearly stand out. You know, I have to look more so at Crown Point, the fact that they don't have any blemishes on their schedule their record um that that speaks volumes but then man Chatard beating cathedral i mean that that's a big that's a rivalry there um and you know cathedral is going to put up their numbers um ultimately though i i am leaning towards crown point um yeah they played a tough schedule the only thing for me is i don't i i, I don't know much about them but it seems like the best six eight programs are around central Indiana, and you just didn't, you, you know, I don't really know fully like what the programs that they they went through, uh, you know, in northern Indiana. Is it the same as, I mean, Chatard on their schedule? You go, you got Brebuff, you got Roncalli, you've got uh, Cathedral. I mean, those are tough programs. Um, or at least here recently, like with Burbuff and everything. So that's the that's my only hesitation with Crown Point. Burbuff does have this tougher strength of schedule. All right, give me give me Burbuff, not Burbuff. Bishop Chatard. Too many Bs. Too <laughs> many Bs. That's Too where that's where I'm going as well. I think just because it's a top sixty schedule, it's a. I mean, I'm gonna pull up their schedule for Chatard. I'll pull I'll pull up both schedules here. Um, for Crown Point, uh, let's see some notable games for them. Of course, you know both teams are undefeated on the season. Yeah. Um, let's see. So they beat. Let's see. Looking, they beat six A Lake Central sixty eight. They're thirty eight to twelve. Uh, they beat six A Portage forty nine to six. Uh, pretty much everyone on their schedule though is five A and four A schools. So they've been punching lower than what their class is um you know still obviously it's hard to go nine and zero. it's a good schedule um Chittard, on the other hand they oh, of course i accidentally click on lutherans so give me a second um they uh they only played well let's see they played 3a garen catholic 2a andrean everyone else which I mean, Andrean has been in the championship the last two years well, in two. And then Garen Catholic had one of the had, has had a solid team so as well. But every other game has been up 
above their class. Uh, and they've, you know, put up, you know, they're the two games where they allowed 20 plus points per buff, uh, and cathedral. And that was the first game of the season. That yeah. was opening night. Right. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going Chatard here. Um, just because it, top 60 schedule, uh, top 10 defense in the state, um, you know, pu- mainly punching. Uh, I mean, I, I get that they're, you know, you know, they're typically one of the better three gay schools um, in, in general anyway, but the fact that they've punched above their weight class all season, you know, I gave them a lot of flack for not handling their schedule well last year. They've done it this year. Um, so I think I, I lean that Chatard defense. Yep. Give me Chatard. Okay. So Bishop Chatard, you are our defense. What an effort you've put forth. Um, just a couple of categories left. We've got kicker and we've got returner. Uh, for kicker, we've got Dominic DeFreitas, the junior out of Northwood. Ashton Vogel, the junior out of Decatur Central. Corey Layton, senior for, out of Alexandria. Ben Rudolph, senior from Ben Davis. And Aiden Long, the sophomore out of uh, Indian Creek. Um, and so, so wait. Did, did you, was there any uh, statistics from Brownsburg? From Brownsburg for what? For kicker? No. For ki- their I, kicker? No, I didn't have any... I didn't. I mean, they weren't at the top of the list, at least in any of these categories. Okay, because yeah, Spencer Poor out there, kicker. Well, if you've got it any is. numbers for him, I mean, I we don't have to just stick with with these candidates. We can go off the reservation. I know I'm kind of put you on the spot. If you, but if you know where I can find them real quick, um, uh, I can look them up while I give you some of the numbers here. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, Dominic DeFreitas. Uh, 25th in the state in kick scoring. He's four for five on field goals this season, along of 38, uh, 38 for 39 on PATs. Uh, he was uh, our guy for a good chunk of the year last year for the all three C media team. Uh, ben Rudolph, senior out of Ben Davis. He's nine of 11 on field goals this season. He's got a long of 50. He's 44 for 46 on PATs. First in the state in kick scoring. So that's kind of why I put him on there. He's first uh, in that category. Um, I wanted to include the guys that were uh, perfect. So we've got Aiden Long, who's 8-8 eight and eight for field goals this season, Long at 36. Corey Layton, who's 47-47 of 47 on PATs, the most PAT attempts of any kicker at 100% this season. Um, and then you've got Ashton Vogel, who has hit the longest field goal of any of the guys on this list uh, with uh, a Long of 51, which, I mean, when you look at kickers at this level, I mean, that's pretty <laughs> that's impressive. Really um, yeah. But I mean, I, Purdue Purdue has, doesn't have a kicker that can hit from thirty. So. Right. So yeah, I th- those are the guys I'm going with. I kind of lean uh, Ben Rudolph, the senior from Ben Davis. Uh, he's got a long of fifty. He's been good enough on field goals and PATs. Yeah, he's not been perfect, but he's top in kick scoring. He's got a long field goal to his record. He's almost double digits as far as makes this year, uh, which is you know not a lot of these guys on this list. So. Uh, and he's almost perfect on PAT. So I, I'm looking at Ben Rudolph a little bit closer here. Yeah, Ben Rudolph really does stand out to me on that list. Um, geez, these kickers have some big legs. That's, yeah. Uh, give me, I'll go with Ben Rudolph, especially considering uh, what a, a solid kicking t- a kicking game can do for a team like Ben Davis. Um you know, having that kind of security blanket there. I'll go with him. So we're all in on Ben Rudolph. I'm looking up the guy for Brownsburg to see what he's at. Max Preps moves him in at all. 
uh, Porath. What's his first name? Let's see. Sorry. Spencer. Spencer. Spencer Porath. Let's see what he is at. Please don't take me all the way back to the beginning. He is at... Come on. Okay. So he has converted... Um, okay, I guess I gotta go to scoring here. This is fantastic. Um, let's see. So he is 43 of 45 on a field goal attempts. 5 for 5 field goals along of 48. So... I mean, he doesn't... I Does he have as many PAT makes as Ben Rudolph? He's... Okay, so the numbers for him and Rudolph are the same, but Rudolph has more field goals and a, a longer... Like, by two yards, longer field goals. Like, a, lo- a yeah. higher long on his field goals. Right. So... Yep. Go Ben Rudolph, then. Okay. All right, so Ben I mean, Rudolph... We get to see these two kickers face off right, on Friday. Right. <laughs> they, they get to match up against each other, so I guess that'll settle Win- it. Winner and, gets the spot on the 3 C well, media team. Well, honestly, yeah. I mean, because if you think about it, you know, if poor if Porath goes further in the postseason, then he's going to have more opportunities to make it. Same with uh, Ben Rudolph. Either Ben Rudolph can further submit why he's the top kicker on the list, or, uh, or Porath will take the position. All right, final spot here. Our return man. We've got Keegan Bowles, senior out of Rushville. We've got Trey Jones, the senior out of Mount Vernon, and Lane Zander, the senior out of Kankakee Valley. Really, these are the top three as far as return yards. Um, there really wasn't. It's, it's this is a stat that's really kind of hard to like dig up because you've got some guys who have a lot of return touchdowns, but they haven't got a lot of return yardage, so they may just be. You know, somebody maybe if it was like kind of a trick into round type play that only happened like once or twice in a season, they got a touchdown off of that. I don't know. So these are just the top three in that statistic. Uh, you've got Z- Elaine Zander. He is the top in the state in return yards, 791 total, 504 on kickoffs, 287 on punt returns. Uh, he's got four total return touchdowns, three on kickoffs, one on punts. Uh, Trey Jones, senior out of Mount Vernon. He's second in the state, 677 kickoff return yards, 62 punts. Uh, he has got 739 yards and one touchdown on a kick return. Then Keegan Bulls, he's third, 716 total return yards, uh, 573 on kickoff, 143 on punts. He's got two return touchdowns. But, I mean, look, when the leader in a category has is obviously number one is not only number one with 791 yards, but also has more punt return yards. So it's more diversified. He's got more punt return yards. He's got more yards all overall. And he's got four return touchdowns with three kickoffs that's and one punts. That's, that's who I'm going with. I think Lane Xander, he's, he's our, uh, a returner on the three C media team. I mean, you were reading those stats and I go, wow. <laughs> I mean, Lane Xander, Congratulations! You are the return man for the three C media team. Yes, you pretty much far and away. Uh, that's that's who gets it in that category. So going back through, that concludes uh, are all the spots for the three C media team. Looking back, our quarterback uh, is Brett Perry, senior out of Seymour. Our running backs are Josh Ringer out of East Central, Garrett Sherrill out of Brownsburg. Our wide receivers, we've got Fuddy Kyle out of McConaughey, Noah Coy out of Center Grove, Corbin Cooley from Benton Central. Our tight end is Jalen Johnson, uh, uh, the junior from Seymour. Our defense is the defense from Bishop Chatard. Our kicker is Ben Rudolph out of Ben Davis. 
and our return man is Lane Xander from Kankakee Valley. So congratulations uh, to those guys. You are our all 3C Media regular season uh, winners. So we'll see. We'll come back at the end of the regular season uh, and take or at the end of the postseason and take another look to see, um, you know, if anything changes um, and see you know who will cement themselves because that's what we like about doing this is it gives us a look at who's who we should watch go again, who was impressive through the regular season, and then taking a look back who was best over the course of all you know the postseason, the regular season, all that good stuff. So congratulations, congratulations to our uh, our winners. Uh, for the all three C media regular season, um. So real quick, I know normally, uh, we do a uh, you know our our six you know break down all the sectionals. This year we're gonna make it a little bit simpler. We're just gonna kind of take a look back at our preseason championship predictions for each class, and we're gonna go through them see if anything changes uh from where they were at the beginning of the year. So our state final predictions in our preview show. B Scott, you had Lutheran from one A. You had Indianapolis Cecina from 2A. You had Bishop Chittard from 3A. East Central in 4A. Valpo in 5A. And Center Grove in 6A. I had uh, Lutheran from 1A. Triton Central in 2A. Gibson Southern in 3A. East Central in 4A. Valpo in 5A. And Center Grove in 6A. And honestly, when I look at any changes, first of all, Kind of going through it here. Uh, the fall of statistically for Jackson Willis uh, this year, as opposed to what he did a year ago, was really jarring, and it made me kind of want to move off of my Lutheran position uh, and picking them as my state finals winner. But just looking at the fact that they're still undefeated, they're still one of the best teams in 1A, they're still you know uh, top one of the top offenses, uh, and they're still. I mean, John Harrell has them at a you know almost fifty percent chance of winning the class still. Uh, even you know, with all those numbers that Jackson Willis put up this year, I, I I'm not ready to move off of that position. I I still think that they're the best team in one A. I'm still keeping that pick locked in. So Lutheran staying in as my pick to win that class in two A. I'll mix it up. Give me North Posey. Um, they're second best in the state. Uh, with uh, as far as uh, state finals odds, according to John Harold, they're the fifth best offense, top defense in 2A, 23rd offensively, uh, sixth defensively in the state. Um, so, I mean, Triton Central has a really good offense, but North Posey also has a really good offense and a good defense that can shut down that Triton Central offense. So I'm going North Posey in 2A. In 3A, look, I've conformed. Give me Chittard. Um, they're 10-0, having faced one of the toughest schedules of any teams at the top of the Sagarin ratings. We talked about how good their defense was. Um, you know, I gave the Trojans a lot of slack, a lot of slack a year ago uh, for struggling with a tough schedule, uh, but I feel more confident that they can repeat after what they did in the regular season. It's almost weird. It's almost like when you go 5-4 and four playing a tough schedule, and, you know, it doesn't inspire as much confidence as when you go 9-0. and oh playing a tough schedule um and so that's where i was coming from I remember last season i know they uh, i got a lot of flack for picking lawrenceburg to beat them in the state final but i was like hey i mean they've got a defense that had like literally seven shutouts in a row at one point so sorry you <laughs> know sorry for thinking that they might be uh something that could take down uh uh bishop chatard i just i wasn't sold on them because of their five and four record in the regular season but you know, hey, they're ten and zero. They were nine and zero, of course, going in, you know into the postseason. They've played one sectional game already, um, so I, th I think Chatard's going to do it again and repeat. Four uh, A, sticking with East Central, not going to make too many moves there. 
5A. Let's get weird. I'm going with Bloomington South. They were my dark horse pick, and now I've elevated them to my state finals pick. Uh, they're ranked third in the AP in 2A. They're second in the coaches' poll. They're seventh offensively in the state, 17th defensively, uh, first in 5A offensively, second defensively. So they're a top team on both sides of the football, uh, and I think they can do some great things. Uh, and then in 6A, there have been a lot of great teams and storylines we've discussed at the beginning of the season how tough Center Grove's schedule is and and how they played the top teams in other states and they still ended up eight and one. I remember in the pre in the you know preseason show I was like, look, they can go five and four. I still might pick them as the state finals winner just because of how tough their out of state schedule was. Um, so the fact that they still went eight and one uh, is pretty impressive. So I'm sticking with Center Grove Trojans. I'm not really making many changes to my list. I'm actually, matter of fact, I'm only making one change and I'm getting wild here. I am changing my six, a pick. I am no longer going with center. Give me Brownsburg to win the six, a state championship. Look, this team, I mean, they have one of the best, they, I mean, made our list. One of the best running backs in the state. that, that that's going to go a long way for you to be able to keep your offense on the field, keep center groves often off the field. And then you got a weapon like Spencer Porath that once you can get it within that 50 yard range, he's going to be able to trot on out there. If your offense gets stalled and help you get points, that is huge. That is huge, huge, huge. I like the Brownsburg Bulldogs to bring home the six, a title this year. Wow, I did not expect that. I mean, I like it. I like the pick because, you know, when Brownsburg, just the more they kept winning. Because, like I said, I expected them to have an off year this year. I thought, you know, they're replacing Jaden Whitaker. It's going to be tough whenever you lose your quarterback, especially a quarterback that was as good as Whitaker. It's going to be, you know, a year which, like, yeah, I'm not wasn't predicting them to go 5-4, and four, but I was, you know, hey, they're going to lose a couple of games. They might, you know... They're going to probably get bounced. Especially when you look at that schedule, they played a really tough schedule. Right. And so the fact that you have like Garrett Sherrill breaking out like he did, um, you know, their team just has been good offensive. Yeah. So I, I like that. I, I did, was not expecting you to change up your pick, but I definitely do like the Brownsburg pick, um, especially because, you know, I, I know I was high on Westfield um, quite a bit. And then, uh, you know, because, you know, they're, they had some really exciting wins this season. Uh, but then Brownsburg, I remember, just absolutely took them behind the woodshed. Um, and uh, that was when I one was One week like, after their exciting win over Hamilton. One week after Westfield's exciting win over Hamilton Southeastern. Right. So I was like, okay. Because I was like, okay, Westfield. Because Westfield reminded me of Hamilton Southeastern from a year ago, where it's like, this is a team that's winning all these close games, winning all these exciting games. You know, maybe they're kind of that team of destiny that's going to make it all the way to the semi-state. And then, yeah, the next week, just, you know, <laughs> the Brownsburg uh, train comes into the station and absolutely wallops them. So it that was, was homecoming. It was homecoming, too, for Westfield. Right. So, right. right. Yeah, it was not a good night. So that was kind of the game that was like, okay, I think Brownsburg might have it this year. Um, and so, yeah, I like that pick a lot. So, uh, yeah, those are that's, that's really – it caught me off guard. I like it though. I, I think uh, Brownsburg uh, is Kinda definitely pick things up. Exactly. Got to gotta give a shout out to the Bulldogs because they've been really good. Well, that will do yep. it for this week's edition of the Crash Course Podcast. Thank you guys all for hanging out with us. Remember, you can like us on Facebook, 3C Media. Go follow us on Twitter at 3C Media Sports. Go like us on YouTube if you've not already. 
Uh, if you're not there already, uh, go over to YouTube, subscribe, ring the bell, uh, stay locked in. If you missed our college basketball preview, the uh, we're going to be sending out those here soon, the Purdue preview, the IU preview. Um, also, go follow us on TikTok, 3C Media over there. Uh, and remember, you can listen to us every week on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard. You can hear the Crash Course Podcast. You can find me at Crash Course FM on Twitter. B. Scott, where can they find you? Find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Scott 87. Well, next week we are going to be off. Uh, we are going to take a week off, but we'll be back in a couple of weeks to discuss more exciting topics from around the state of Indiana. But until then, have a good week, everybody.